Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammy. Hey there, Cammy. Hey, Bryant. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Cammy, where's your mystery shirt? I'm I showing am it to you right now. I'm wearing an X-File shirt. All right. That's basically the same thing. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, uh, back to the show where we grab myths and legends and stories. We give you a story uh, from Cammy, and then we talk about some of the background. We had a fun episode last week on Gargoyles. I felt so good about that one. And it, it, I, I wanted to mention we had a really funny comment from a YouTube, the MVP 2099. He pointed out uh, the idea that, you, you know, if you watch the episode, you know, he, he's asking or basically asserting that basically the, the Cupid's peeing, like the statues, you know, those kind of things are basically gargoyles according <laughs> to the function. And I guess so. I guess so, as long as they're diverting water. So that was a that was a great episode. Check that out from last week if you like. But today's a little different. Uh, no gargling on this show. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, Charybdis and Scylla or Scylla. I, I've seen it, but Charybdis, I think, is the way to pronounce. Those are they're not easy words. Thank you for telling me before I started saying them. Yeah, yeah, Charybdis and Scylla. So these two uh, monster being things entities have been plaguing the world since homer and writing about it and odysseus and he had to deal with it and yeah that was a long long whole thing but cammy will uh, give us a story about these greek monsters and then i will talk about them a little bit more i'll note i you know we we've touched on a lot of greek stuff before in our show i won't go into the super specifics because we've really touched on it on some older episodes but um i'll hit up on some nice points cammy are you ready to regale us? I am. So I didn't write down my source, so I'm looking at my phone, but it's perseus.tufts.edu, and I did use the uh, the Odyssey. Cool. So this is a story we're probably kind of familiar with. Yeah. From his time with Circe, Odysseus knew of the hardships to come. He passed the sirens by plugging his, the ears of his men and tying himself to the ship's mast. Though he pleaded to be untied, the sailors knew not to dis- not to obey their captain. But the coming trial brought to his mind the thought, the only way out is through. There were two monsters in the narrow passage of Messina. One drank the ocean's water and belched it out in great bellows of sea. The in and out of the salty meal caused a whirlpool no ship could cross. The other monster lived in a cave in the nearby cliffs and had six heads. There would be losses on either path, and there was no middle course. Circe had instructed Odysseus on the way, but until he met the choice, he still held out hope that his cunning could mitigate loss. That he alone, the creator of the wooden horse that took down Troy, could find a way to hide from or deceive either foe. But sailing at night was too treacherous in his narrow strait. So he followed Circe's advice and sailed towards the six-headed Scylla. He knew before he set a course that he would lose men, but while each head came down upon the ship and picked off six, they were each too busy devouring the sailors to hold up the ship for long. Odysseus steered his crew away from danger, and he was free to journey on his long way home. <laughs> That's great. Thanks. I, Kimmy, did I mention to you that in middle school I played Odysseus in a play? No, but that checks. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually completely forgot about this until now. It, it's There's this, like, middle school adaptation called The Long Way Home, which is what you just said to end your story. 
And I'm I'm just remembering this part of the story um, of the play because it's it's, you know, it's very condensed and and made friendly. And there's like a part in the play where we have to like decide who's gonna be like eaten basically, like who's gonna be offered up and distract <laughs> Scylla. And I I remember I ad libbed. Um, like something I was like, like, because they're like, they're freaking my, my like sailors are freaking out and badgering and like, like, stop, stop, stop. We are men and we must settle this like men. And I pause and I go, rock, paper, scissors, go. <laughs> it was one of those. It was so bad. It was, but it was the great, it was, it was one of the best. I really love that. That was like really my first, we, and we watched like one of the famous film versions to kind of help give us the context behind it all. And so that was really like my first kind of taken the Odyssey. Yeah, I, I, but it's funny. I don't. I don't even know if we. I can't. I, Charybdis and Scylla. I, I don't. Those names weren't really familiar. I actually know it more. It's they're used in like Final Fantasy and stuff like that. And that's where I really remember them recently. And I have a funny story about that too that I'll mention later. But yeah, we you, as you mentioned, this is from the Odyssey, which Homer um, believed to be around the twelfth to eighth BC uh, E was either a poet or a group of poets, some kind of a storyteller. We're not 100% certain, but an extremely famous um, study throughout you know, years and years and generations. And this is one of the earliest texts. Uh, and it, it derives, so the Strait of Messina, if you can imagine the Italian boot in your head, it's kicking the ball of Sicily, right? The, the little Sicilia is down there, um, right at the end of the boot. And right in between them, there's a little space called the Strait of Messina. And so what it is, is there is this this idea um, that's been used by several, um, we, we'll see it later in lots of other, um, uh, Ovid, you know, talks about this as well, the Aeneid, Aesop, Jason and the Argonauts, you know, they all encounter Scylla um, and Charybdis. And and yeah, there. so there's this little narrow strait and they're on each side. And so it's like, well, you got to sail one way or the other. Do you want the whirlpool's of Charybdis or do you want the six-headed monster of Scylla? And it's really sad. Scylla is apparently a little bit more than just a six-headed monster. She, uh, so Britannica describes her as a supernatural female creature with 12 feet and six heads on long snaky necks, each having a triple row of shark-like teeth. And they also mention while her loins were girdled by the heads of baying dogs. Thank you, Britannica. <laughs> so, yeah, that, you know, Odysseus had to give up six of his companions. Um, Ovid actually, in his Metamorphosis, uh, explains she was said to have originally been human in appearance, but transformed out of jealousy through witchcraft of Circe into this fearful shape. Um, I wonder if she was wait, like, wait, wait, wait. There... So Circe did this and then threw Odysseus. To yeah, the she's monster. like, oh, yeah, go, go to, yeah, go to her. She's great. She's great. I know her. I know her. Yeah. Tell her I said, hey. I know that. I know Scylla. Like, really? That one? Yeah, I know her. Go for it. Um, what's cool, Britannica mentions this, um, and this, I'll bring it back to like a big point. Uh, Scylla or Scylla was often rationalized in antiquity as a rock or a reef. So we've talked about euhemerism, this idea of these, these horrific or, or these, these significant events happening, and then they get rationalized into myth, right? That's, that's euhemerism. So that's what this kind of could be. There could have been a really terrible wreck, uh, around the Strait of Messina, and then it just kind of appeared like one sailor made it and he's like, oh, we had to lose six guys because there was a six headed monster. It's not because we <laughs> wanted to kill six people to have less, you know, people to share the loot with. But there was a monster. So it's really cool. And you would have to imagine like how scary a reef might be. Like if you're not you know, used to it, like, you know, you're just sailing and 
yeah. So anyway, I, I thought that that was a really cool thing that Britannica mentioned. It wasn't something that Wikipedia did. But the big thing about this, this story is that it's one of the most important idioms, really, that's evolved. Um, the lesser of two evils is kind of the more obvious one, but also between a rock and a hard place is another big one. There's also uh, Wikipedia mentions on the horns of a dilemma. Um, also between the devil and the deep blue sea. So th- there's it, they all kind of have the same idea. You have two decisions. They both suck. Where do you go? That's that's essentially it. And um, and even the cunning Odysseus couldn't. <laughs> I know, yeah. Uh, and to go to Charybdis, so I I meant I found through uh, uh, dictionary.com actually had a fun little thing because of it being an idiom. They had a little write up and as well as Britannica and stuff. Um, Charybdis apparently was uh, her her papa Poseidon. She was helping uh, his, him by taking some land under the ocean. You know, because Zeus is a jerk. But then Zeus is like, stop it, and captures her, and then turns her into, this is, uh, I think from Wikipedia, into a hideous bladder of a monster with flippers for arms and legs and an uncontrollable thirst for the sea. As such, she drank the water from the sea thrice a day to quench it, which created whirlpools. Oh, that's from GreekMythology.com. Yeah, so that's that's what creates the whirlpools. Um, so she, even though she's a horrific monster it's the whirlpools that you need to worry about so so it's interesting uh scylla and charybdis they're they're related they're essentially gods in a way related to them um at the very least and they were both kind of screwed over <laughs> by <laughs> by zeus and circe turned into these monsters i just don't know why they were there but i i you know i don't know i guess that's maybe what, they what were it was. friends right yeah yeah they seem to have like a good thing going between the two of them that's a really important strait. I mean, that leads right into like the coast, you know, uh, and Sicily has been extremely important. It, it's um, Sicily's known for its volcanoes and it makes the uh, ground super fertile. And so the wheat, um, Sicily, it's uh, its flag is a triskelion of three. It's like a gorgon and three wheat things, I believe. Like like you know little mm-hmm. stems of wheat, and I know that because in, it, my yeah my my Italian class I gave a presentation on Sicilia Sicily. Well, so I yeah, think it's super convenient because like the whirlpool is going to destroy the ship, mm-hmm. so they're working in tandem, right? And you know, Charybdis only needs to. To drink the ocean. She's just gobbling yeah, blah, 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 three times, thrice a day. Her best friend needs to eat six sailors. She's got six daily. heads to feed, six mouths and to so feed. Yeah, they always have to sail through. Yeah, it I works. Yeah, up. she's like, "Hey, girl, I'm hungry. Drink." She's like, "Blub blub blub." <laughs> whirlpool. And they're like, "Well, go to Skilla." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. But that's that's it's it's a small strait, but I'm pretty sure it's you know wide enough you could just like skinny you know your way through the middle. But the I mentioned the Final Fantasy at the beginning, and this is actually a realization I made. So. In Final Fantasy, I'm um, actually in in Monster Hunter. So, it's this is this is layers of video games. <laughs> there was there was an event in Monster Hunter to fight the 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 creature from Final Fantasy, known as the Behemoth, which is a, a, an old term. We could absolutely do an episode on that in general. But in the Final Fantasy world, the Behemoth is this big, almost dog like creature, but very demonic, very big, very beefy, like a bull, but with a dog's face. I would say but built like that. And when you're fighting Behemoth, it will call um, upon these like whirlwinds 
and they're they're called um, Charybdis when it when it does that. So you've got a, it's it's a you know it's it's like a whirlpool, but it's wind, um, whirlwind. <laughs> Sounds like a Seinfeld joke. It's like a whirlpool, but it's wind. <laughs> um, so you gotta you gotta avoid that, and then also uh, Behemoth will call down comets that will try and hit you, and when they land, they stay there, and you you have to try and make it so that way you or Behemoth doesn't break them, because at some point Behemoth will call like a super meteor, and you have to hide behind the comet, the rock, in order to protect yourself. So you're between. You see a where I'm rock. going with this? And a <laughs> and charybdis. A yeah, and a hard place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you you're you're trying to like because he'll he'll summon these charybdises, um, charybdis eye. Uh he'll summon them and they're they're whirlpools and they'll stay there. They're, the whirlwinds will stay there and they're you have to so they're hazards on the stage, and then you so then you'll get a warning when he's summoning the, the meteor that's gonna instantly kill you. So you're trying to run and it's like, well, do you hit you know, you gotta watch out for the whirlwinds, you gotta watch you know. So it, it was really cool. I I give credit to to them. Because it was, you know, it's a little weird. It wasn't a whirlpool; it was a whirlwind. But then they ended up figuring out a way to put in a idiom in a video game. In a, you know, that's just <laughs> kudos to you guys. Yeah. So this was fun. The last big thing I will say. So uh, going on from the idiom was Erasmus. Oh, I can't remember specifically what episode we talked about him. Erasmus, super important, um, 16th century uh, Dutch scholar of the Renaissance, really important um, guy. He. Uh, made this book called the Adagia. It's an annotated collection of Greek and Latin proverbs compiled um, during the Renaissance by Desiderius Erasmus Retero Damus. And he he included this one, and that's kind of where we get the 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 modern. It really helped kind of revive and and keep this idiom alive. And it was also interpreted um, by French poet Barthélemy Agnès. In his emblem book, Pictopoasis, these guys, he, he's kind of commenting on Erasmus as well. And it, it, it's funny because, yeah, the, the poet, Anu, he actually is talking about the risk of being envied for wealth or reputation is preferable to being swallowed by the Charybdis of poverty. Um, choose the lesser of these evils. A wise man would rather be envied than miserable. So I think he's kind of bringing it more to Odysseus. Like a more, more direct kind of thing there, but it's also the the, the lesser of two evils. Um, but in this case, he was talking about How yeah the, the poverty evil. That guy sounds like a jerk. Yeah, it's fifteen fifty France. What do you you know? Like he's <laughs> he's trying his best. He's eating his bread, and you know, if he's a poet in fifteen fifty France, is his life that hard? <laughs> it's, like, it's better to be me now than the peasant over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you know Scylla and uh Charybdis. everyone uh this was a good one um a really nice follow-up to gargoyle please watch that one that one was really fun too that was a really straightforward episode uh, that i really enjoyed and, and this was great as well um yeah basically it's an it's an old idiom but Scylla and Charybdis they have roots in the mythology with Charybdis being a, a daughter of poseidon who he just kind of was like sorry hun you're there forever now um, but really interesting that the idiom kind of, uh, came back in full force during the Renaissance and, uh, it's cool. Cause there's like Greek and Latin stuff. So it, it was a, an idiom that was used, it seems like fairly regularly since like the eighth century BC. So that's kind of wild to think about. And it, it evolved into like what we have for today of like between a rock and a hard place or the lesser of two evils. So, 
uh cammy thanks for your story it's it's been a while since we've heard like the odyssey here like that and it's it's fun to be reminded of it we've got to do some more there um i think that about covers it do you have anything to add i'm good awesome well everyone thank you for tuning in uh head to our link tree at the bottom in the description for youtube or for the links if you're on listening to the audio version that'll take you to all of our social media our um you can buy merch stuff like that just feel free to shout out to us and let us know how we're doing let us know if we got anything wrong i I keep forgetting to mention that um if you've got a correction or something you think we missed let us know We, we i absolutely love including that kind of thing but yeah all right well everyone uh thanks for joining us we will see you next time oh oh